So we start out with AI Drake. Weekend. Well, what is the dude's name? It's a whole nother guy. Has nothing. Ghost Rider. There you go. <laughs> Which is a guy with a sheet on his face that made an AI song, essentially. Did you was... hear Munch by Michael Jackson? I also heard that. Oh, that was wow. So good. <laughs> it's like, you thought I was feeling you? <laughs> wow. It's so good. <laughs> it's crazy. So, so that's a new thing. Essentially, that's a new thing in the news. What do you think about this, Matt? The AI I mean, artists. I understand the problem with it. I understand why the labels were like, take that shit down. My man was racking up the streams, too. He had, like, a lot of streams. It was up there. He was making money. Is that key. fraud? Is that it's straight identity, up fraud? I think identity it's IP, IP right shit. Like, you can't technically do that. But... There's, yeah, there's precedence. There's court cases that was uh, in the favor of the people being imitated from a long time ago. Oh. So, I yeah, I it's going to be really interesting to see how how this happens. And then the opposite approach is the Grimes way, which she just launched the website for collaborating with her as an mm. AI. It's called elf.tech. That's fire. I'm Check like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> nah, that's fire. Yeah, do it. Do it, Lolo. Well, yeah. she, wanted, she wanted to collaborate, actually, in real life. We were talking for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, I'm going to have to just do the AI version. Yeah. No, nah, that's crazy. That's actually fire. How would you feel if someone made an AI version of you? I don't know. I feel like I'd be honored. Yeah. <laughs> it take mean, a lot of time, right? To- well, no, I think it's a it's just a system. Like It's like making, you know, Siri or a Google Maps voice. Mm. You know, you just put in a few words from one of my songs and then it can just instantly yeah. do it automatically. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I would love to hear that. Because what if the song's good and I'm like, yo, let me actually cut this. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. Let me actually sing this. Like, this is amazing. You could, you, could, you could see what happens if you put it in the AI and just like let the AI write a song for you and yeah. then sing that song and be like, all right, well. I'll just change some words here and there. But. Yeah. My, my take, which is, somebody will do eventually. This is probably how it will get used. I think somebody like Quinn Miller should have made a Drake album. That was my take. If Quinn Miller... When all that Drake shit was going on, had AI to make a Drake album, why wouldn't people listen to it if they knew he was making Drake songs? But so that's not AI. You're just saying Quentin if Miller. Quentin Miller wrote all the songs, put them in AI, and it was Drake's voice that was coming out. It was a yeah. Drake. It was a Quentin Miller album with Drake's voice. <laughs> why would people well, not listen to it? It's, that's it's the same shit. I, I think like. The I mean, pro or the argument for it is same like, shit. you know how sometimes <laughs> you're like shopping songs to artists and they're like, I don't really hear myself on this song. And you could use AI to be like, here, hear yourself on it. Yeah, here's the song. Like, yeah, exactly. literally the song. Yeah. All you had to do is probably give Drake a little piece of it, but why would I not listen to it? If I was a Drake fan, this is, he literally writes for for Drake. Like he. It's, it's just crazy song. how fast it's happening. And in like three years... Everything will be different. Yeah. And then people who are babies now, that's how they're going to know music. And it's going to be even crazier. Like nobody is going to need to do anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. It's the future and it's now. And it's, yeah. There's ways to use it for good, but it's definitely a lot of evil too. Because it's also like, I think 
it's so fresh and it's also so convincing now. Like, however that matures in oh, man. three to five years is just going to even be more convincing and harder to differentiate. It's going to be perfect. Like, yeah. it's going to sound exactly the same. Yeah. So. But the fact that you could, in the future, you'll be able to really get somebody or the computer to write a song for you. It's crazy. That's awesome. Welcome back to Not 97. On today's episode, we sit down with Lolo Zuai in the midst of her Playgirl World Tour. We talk through her experiences performing her new album all around the world, as well as what it was like opening sold-out arenas for Dua Lipa. We discuss Lolo's new energy now that she's officially independent after two major label albums, and what it means as an artist to touch everything from creative direction to production to video editing. Lolo introduces her own song, Room, as well as puts us on to a young artist named Amelia Moore, who has been opening for her on tour. In addition, we discuss offerings from English Teacher to Sam Rex and Carbike, plus an exclusive snippet of our upcoming conversation with R&B's breakout star, Alex Vaughn, who stopped by in the middle of opening for Ari Lennox on the Age Sex Location Tour live from the studio and brought to you by the orchard and human resources this is not a podcast this is not a radio show this is not 97 enjoy welcome back to 997 not a podcast not a radio show season nine episode six the normal squad not fully around the table but we got rashad the dot wave something something in front of me rashad how you living I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm happy to be here. What's we up? got Athena calling in from California. Athena, how's the weather? Oh, the weather is fantastic. It's it's a cute 82 degrees right now. You know, just hanging out in the valley with some chickens and fruit trees and chickens, you know, just taking in the vibe. Yeah, my mom has chickens. We've got a very special guest in the studio with us today. The one and only fresh on tour, mm-hmm. middle of the tour. Yeah. Lolo Zuai. Lolo. Hello, Lolo. Welcome to 997. Thank you. I'm excited. How you feeling today? I feel great. I had a show in Montreal last or yeah, Montreal last night, and I have a show in New York tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, mid tour. Mid tour. So we appreciate you making time for us. Welcome back to New York. Mm-hmm. I know that you've spent a lot of time here. Yeah. How does it feel to be back? It's the best. We, I just love New York. It's I'm, I'm moving back. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I was in LA for two years and I just can't do it anymore. So I'll be moving back. <laughs> it's crazy. I was just on the subway and it was super chaotic and I was just like, yes, I'm back, baby. Felt good. I love it. Yeah. I was holding two phones. I was trying to post something. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Emailing, texting. It's the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're halfway through the Playgirl World Tour. Yes. You did the Euro stint already and now Mm -hmm. kind of making your way through the U.S. So how was Europe? It was crazy. The fans out there are actually like... Crazy. Crazy, but in the best way. Yeah. Like they'll be dressed up, you know, like me or just wearing crazy stuff and making signs and bringing me snacks and bringing me a bunch of gifts. They're amazing. So it it was chaotic in the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a... A favorite stop on the Euro Euro side? It's got to be Paris. It's got to be every Paris. time. It was the biggest Maybe. show. It was 
unreal. It was like the perfect show. Yeah. We had confetti. Mm. It was beautiful. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. And you've spent a lot of time in Paris. Yeah. I was born there, but it it feels like as much of a hometown show as New York feels to me, even though I'm from San Francisco. Like New York kind of takes me in as their yeah. own in a way. Do you used to have a lot of family out there as well? Where? Like France? France, yeah. I have a lot of family in France. Yeah. Like half of my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And I know that, you know, last year you came off tour with Dua Lipa. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, now that you're on your own tour and been doing it headlining, kind of what, what from that experience have you kind of like brought to, you know, your own tour now? Ooh. That tour was amazing, but you know, my set was only 20 minutes. So, you know, it wasn't that hard, but I was watching her every night. Her set was an hour and a half. Mm. And and so my set is that long now. So I think I just learned how she really, you know, takes care of herself on tour and, you know, doesn't drink, doesn't whatever, and just does her thing. She's really, she's really a hard worker. So I, I definitely took that in. And what else? I also, there were so many technical difficulties. Like mm-hmm. we played Madison Square Garden and the sound or something wasn't working. And I was on stage for like three minutes, which felt like an hour with no sound. Mm. And I was just like, hey guys, what's up, New York? <laughs> three people who My name <laughs> is Lolo Zui. I was like, I need a comedy bit right now. Yeah. And so I think, I mean, most of the shows were like, Great. But I think that being put through that kind of stress, I think that's probably somebody's, it's like Madison Square Garden. It's the worst nightmare. Yeah. I think being put through that, I feel like I can do anything now. Now I'm like, okay, something happens, whatever. Yeah. But everything's been pretty flawless, like technical wise. (laughs) That's the key. Yeah. You want everything at least technically. To work. Yeah. yeah, I just need everything to work. Yeah. But yeah, I'm so grateful for that tour. That was a dream come true. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. How did that tour come about? She, so in 2019, after my, like, I did a world tour in 2019, and one of her managers came to the show in London. And right after then, they reached out about opening for in 2020. And I think it was, we had a mutual friend in the music business who played Dua, my music, Mm. or Dua had asked, can I? Like, play me some new artists. Like, I just want to know what's what's happening. And she played her a bunch of different artists and one of them being me. And Duo was like, who's that? And so from there, she just, she was like, I like that. I like her music and I like her vibe. So she brought, she just like asked to bring me. It had, yeah. it was just real. She's a real one. Like she's, she's tapped in, you know, yeah, she yeah. knows what's going on. And she always yes. has up and coming artists open for her since the beginning, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I appreciate that, especially like when you're going on a when you're doing arenas and stuff like that. Like it's, Jeez. I mean, you experienced it firsthand. Like it's a life changing and meaningful thing, and those experiences are like, you know, invaluable. Yeah, yeah. When I'm when I'm old, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna look back and be like, you know, <laughs> when, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm old. When I'm old. No, it's good now. You can look back now. It's still no, even you now. Can look like, back yeah. Now. It was a year ago, but yeah. Damn, it was already a year ago. Damn. Time flies. Yeah, but it's a good year. It's a good year. Now you're going into your own tour. So it's like obviously onwards and upwards. Like, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I know, you know, Playgirl's been out. We're going to get into the music Mm -hmm. shortly. High Highs, Low Lows came out in 2019. 
And I saw recently that you said that you're kind of a newly independent artist after Yay. those two albums. Yes. And, and and can be releasing music on your own label. Yeah. It, uh, or just keep it on the low low. Keep it on the low How Lolo. I was doing it at the beginning. Um, and so, yeah, I'm wondering, like, what does it mean to you kind of to be an independent artist at this point in your career? Well, so... I was just talking about this with my manager earlier, but like when we signed to RCA, there was 12 people on the team that believed in me. And by the time two years or whatever, by the time I put out my second album, Mm. 11 of those people were off the team, like Mm. we're no longer working at the label. Like that's how the music business is. People are just like in and out, in and out. So how do you have somebody like rocking with you? Like you think, you think like you, they say everything right at the beginning and then you think, that's how it's going to be. But then everybody leaves because yeah. maybe whatever. Who Like who knows what happened. So it just didn't feel like I had a team really backing me. And I felt like putting out Playgirl. On, I, I like wasn't sure that they were going to know what to do with that album or do anything. And they, di- they didn't. <laughs> I mean, nothing, you know, I'm just kind of doing my thing on my own. And so we decided to, you know, I mean, it was a two album deal. So, so now I'm independent and now I kind of know everything that's going on behind the scenes like I don't have to wonder like why what's not happening why is this not happening or so now it's just like me and Doug and we know we have connections over the years and I can just put out my singles and it just feels like I have that fire within me again that I Mm. had in 2017 and 2018 it feels like now I'm like okay I'm gonna make my best music now I feel it just it's just empowering to know that like I'm in control of whatever is happening because I already have such a solid foundation from over all the years of working. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. <laughs> and, and I think it's like, I can, I definitely understand and feel like it after being in that system for two albums, it's like, like flap your wings. Now you can like stretch yeah. your wings. I mean, they were great for certain things. And like, there were some people that really believed in me and it was, you know, but at the end of the day, the level that I'm at in my career, I don't think that I need that. Do you think that was the best sequence of events, though? Like, would you have rather have been fully independent and no. got signed or like done no. it the opposite way? I feel like it was perfect. Okay. Like, I don't mm-hmm. regret anything because, like, I partnered with them for my first album. Mm-hmm. So it was like a 50-50 situation where I still own my my songs. And then the second one, it was, you know, whatever. But they, I couldn't have done that duo tour, I feel like, without their support at the time. And also during the pandemic— like, it been if tough. I didn't have a label, like, the money situation would have been yeah. really hard. But now, with this tour, we have we have the support from, from Jägermeister. Like, they wrapped the bus. Like, That's I so sick. did I a commercial the with them. And so I'm just like, I have other people that believe in me and who I believe in. And I don't want to just do something for money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's got to align with my values. I know, like, I've heard you speak a bit about, like, the whole... Playgirl concept yeah. and building that concept out. And I know like beyond just Playgirl, but a lot of your art kind of is built in in conceptual worlds that, that you're creating. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering kind of like that, what that process is like for you, kind of where it comes from, like the conception of like a concept to executing it and, and seeing it all the way through. It started with the title. It started with Playgirl that I came up with with my song Pet. And and then it came, and then I just started making music, and I noticed that there were different sounds, and I was like, "How do I explain this? How do I how do I box this into an album?" And then it came to me that there could be three different playgirls, three different personas, three different 
colors, looks that I feel encompass like my style in general, my music style and my fashion style. And so I just labeled them as three different playgirls, dream girl, party girl, playgirl, and the songs each fit into that category. And so to me, it's like showing the R&B side that I feel it was prominent in my first album. Then this like experimental hip hop sound that I took a lot of influence from the Bay Area, Too Short, and then like a sweet pop sound as well. Yeah. And it's all three of those combined. And I was just like, let me just show a different side of myself that isn't only depressed or moody or sad. I thought it was really cool to learn that beyond just you being very hands-on with your music, you're very hands-on with your visuals, mm-hmm. and oftentimes you're like in the editing room. Yeah. Getting your hands dirty. How long have you been video editing? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I have been video editing since the beginning. Yeah. I put together my first music video, So Real. I put together High Highs to Low Lows. I edited Challenge. I edited most of my music videos, actually. Did you just get into that as a means of making your own music videos or were you trying to do editing like as a thing? It was more that I had an idea and like the edit wasn't right. And I was like, okay, wait, no, I want it to. And instead of sending a million notes, I'm like, can you just send me the session and I'll do it and then I'll send it back. So instead of doing that now, I'm like, hey, I'm going to edit the video (laughs) or, or do the first pass, send it back. And then also the show visuals. My first tour, I put together all the visuals and this one as well. I had a team help me make, shoot the visuals and like create renderings. And, and then I took all of that and made the hour and a half show on the LEDs. And it was like hours and hours of work. Mm. Like before the tour, I was up till 6am every night. Yeah. My finger, I got carpal tunnel. I think my finger was in so much pain, (laughs) but to me, it's about everything. Like if I'm going to make this music, I want the whole thing to, to, to make sense. Yeah. Like I'm not just trying to be like a pop star, you know, I want to create a, a world. Yeah. And I think like we, I mean, we oftentimes talk about artists, if we're playing a, a song or a video and you can see that like the artist directed part of the video or, or made the v- single cover or, yeah. or edited the video or whatever, there's always like, I feel style like, points. We put style yeah, points. Yeah. Like, like our, our ears perk up and we're just like, oh shit, like that artist is really tapped in and you're right like it creates a more cohesive yeah more cohesive yeah. brand yeah and you can whether it like like I'm sure on your tour it's like even people that don't know that you did those tour visuals can feel that reflection there yeah and, and it's like you know sometimes it can be seen and not heard or felt and not heard and, and you just like know that you're a part of this world now All right, before we get into the music, Athena, you guys have a very long, deep history and relationship. And before we get into the music, I wanted to give you a chance to, you know, talk about way back when. Do you want to do it? Oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. All right. Oh, my God. What was the year? 2017. What was the year? Thank you. Yes, it was 2017. And honestly, I really didn't do much. Like the song was doing a lot. Yeah. High highs, low lows. First of all, the first time I heard it, like I didn't even finish the song. I was like 30 seconds in and I, and I just knew that Lolo was going to have a good career. I just mm-hmm. knew just from that song and that that song, like it, by that time in my career at Spotify, I knew, you know, like 
more often than not, like if I put the song in fresh finds, it's, it's, chances are it's, it's going to be received quite well. And this was one of those songs. I just knew that it wasn't only going to do well in uh, my playlist, but you know, when, when sending it to other editors and stuff, it was going to just kind of grow like wildfire. And I genuinely believe that even if I didn't add it to the, you know, Lola to playlist as early as, as it was for her career, then that she was going to blow up anyways. I really believe that. So I really don't want to take like any <laughs> or anything like that. It was just like, I was, I was hearing amazing talent at the right time and I just added it, but yeah, she, she really, she made it easy. You're just so dedicated and, you know, come on. I know when I, when I met I Lolo and, so and Doug or manager, I just, I was like, this is a, this is a solid team, you know? We're still here. And, uh, I know he's still there with he's you. I just here. saw him, you know, and I, I love seeing that. I love seeing such a dynamic duo. What is it now? Like, yeah, six years later and we're talking about it. So yeah, I love you both. We love you too. And we're sad that you're gone, but <laughs> I know it's just, yeah, it's really, it's, it's funny. It's like the, you know, in a way, yeah, of course I'm really sad. I'm not there, but I'm also just really happy that I mean the context of why you had to come to the studio this specific day is because you're on a world tour right now True. You're, Say that. You're, a busy Let's go. Lady. you're a very busy lady so just the fact that you know the the circumstances are what they are I'm just like so happy for you so thank you yeah no that was a that was a crazy time like the song I just my first song I put on Spotify was just moving with I don't know what I think it was just a natural virality that I had never seen and also it was my first song yeah and it was like number seven on the U.S. Glo- or U.S. viral charts and, yeah. I, and like every single label was hitting me up and I had no other songs not one and I was just like oh shit like I gotta make more more songs yeah and so what yeah. was the song that was that that was happening for that was high highs to low lows. Oh, word, word. That was the first one that I added on, on yeah. Fresh Finds. And Hell yeah! I mean, I heard it and I was just like, I just felt like I was like, this should be on the radio right now. I know. Like, I feel why? like it's still that song didn't get the full on attention it deserved at the time yeah. or now even. For both of you, I think it just makes clear how important relationships are. Yes, so important. I want to find my people like that that's that's who I want to work with people that really truly believe no matter what yeah like if a song does well if a song doesn't do well they just believe in the vision and everything so love you Athena so with that said yeah I think it's time to listen to some music let's do it okay Lolo first song of the night that we're gonna play is Room off of Playgirl yeah can you give us a little background introduction of of where this song came from this song came from like an experience that I had, but I feel like an experience that a lot of people have being like taken advantage of by people that you trusted or, you know, yeah. Letting somebody into your room, like if, whether that's your physical room or your heart or your mind and then yeah, regretting it or just being, yeah, misled by someone. It's a pretty powerful song when, especially I've been noticing when I sing it on tour, people really connect to it. So that's why I chose that one to play. Can you give us the little radio intro of... This is Room by Lolo Zuai. 
That's just stuck in your head. That's like a, it's a real, it's a, I don't even know what to call that. It's not non-genre pop song. It's One like R&B of, with the little electro with the yeah. little. But that, that shit was fine. The sonic movements, mm-hmm. like with the choruses going back and forth between your ears. Yeah. That shit mm-hmm. always is just fun because like, it makes me become an active listener. Because then I'm yeah. like, oh. I sit in the mix room and I'm like, you know. I love when things and sometimes you things can go like in a circle. Yeah. And now with Dolby Atmos, it's like even crazier. Those yeah. mixes can can be amazing. But yeah, I love to make things move around in your ears and you you hear things that you didn't hear the first time and you're like, yeah. oh, it's fun. No, the production on that song is really nice and, and develops you. in a really nice way. And then all those little elements like come in and out. And like I kid you not, I was like sitting in the office earlier today, just like prepping for this interview and listening back to the song. And after that, like, I don't know if it's after the second chorus or second verse and those little like knocks come in, like just like, the, yeah. Like do you the, think somebody's behind you every time. <laughs> yeah, It's Yo, scary. I listened to this. I listened to it multiple times. And every time I was like, you're like, wait, yeah. It sounds like somebody's knocking <laughs> on a door behind you. It's pretty crazy. Yo, I guess is that's like a conceptual thing for a room. You think someone's like knocking on the door uh-huh. of the room. 
full circle what you said. You obviously in the room, <laughs> but like the concept goes beyond the even songwriting when it's in the entire mixing of the record is insanity. Yeah. Yeah. You were saying that some of the songs you kind of have a new perspective now that you've been performing them in front of people and seeing how people react. What is that like what is that experience like? And like how does that change the way you you see or hear a song? Well, we add some parts. We add different parts to the songs for the live element. And then yeah. I'll be listening to the record. I'm like, damn, I missed that because yeah. I'm so used to the live version. But certain songs go off more than I expected and certain songs go off less. And I'm like, damn, why? But I mean, they're all doing great. And people people who are at my shows, you know, know the music. But yeah, it's just interesting to see what, because it's not always what you think. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I never really made music to, like, to perform. I just make it to listen to. But then now I'm like, okay, what can I make to to make the crowd go crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I got a song to play tonight. I've started doing these interviews with, like, past guests that we have on the show that are different influential people in the music industry. And I did one recently with Jam Supernova, BBC former BBC Radio 1 Extra DJ. Now she does BBC Radio 6. And I was asking her to put me on to people in the UK that she's excited about. Okay. And she told me about a four-piece band from Leeds that's called English Teacher. And they dropped a EP in 2022 that was called Poly Awkward. And they've dropped a couple singles since. And this one that I'm going to play... It's called Song About Love, and it has a really fun video that, for anybody listening, go check out the video, but we're going to listen to it. Song About Love by English Teacher. Every song 
that video, I don't know. I didn't think like a Sims thing could make me feel so much. <laughs> so many emotions. Like it was such a good video. <laughs> I know. For those, for, for anybody listening to the podcast, the video is is basically a Sims movie. <laughs> but it's so deep. Yeah. And how long? Yeah, would I want to go play the Sims right now. No, I know. I'm like, is that? Yeah. Got to go. How much gameplay do you think actually <laughs> took, took to make that? I really like a song that builds like that and just, yeah. just gets really chaotic at the end and just Bro. like fully yeah, like unravels that. and you're just like, where am I? She's like, plug, love, plug, la, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. Literally, that was the main like key for me. I love how it just builds up. Like, I don't want some little Wayne let the beat build shit. <laughs> that shit was like the London version of that, the rock version of that <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> That's how it felt. Sir Wayne. Yeah, <laughs> Sir Wayne. <laughs> But I love that. I love how it basically has a, a climax at the end. That's essentially yeah. in the way they kind of just brought in each instrument. That little like riff at the beginning where you think it dropped, but then yeah. it like doesn't drop. It's dope. But yeah, it's just a range. And, and like cool. conceptually, it's just kind of a tongue in cheek song where it's like called Song About Love, but it's about songs being about love. And then it's kind of just a song about, like, the mundane things that we do. And that's kind of why the, like, Sims thing works. Because it's just, she's just doing random things and, like, cooking I, or doing the laundry or, like, killing someone by the end. But, like, but yeah. Even uh, death is love. That's, you know. Hey. That's that was deep. Said. That's what she That was saying. deep. Shout out to English teacher. That's also an amazing name. Great name. That's good. Great Amazing. Name. Shout out to Jam Supernova for putting us on. Yeah. Big love to jams. Athena, what do you got for us? All right, let's go. All right, I got a song for y'all by Carbike. No space, Carbike. all caps. It's two for um, two with the names. Yeah, artists used to go by the name of June. And it's produced by Venus as a boy, gum.mp3, who's formerly known as Dirty Bird, and Swami Sound. And I found this track because I follow and really admire Swami Sound who is from NYC and is known for what he calls like NYC garage, his take on the UK genre. And so car bike was featured on Swami sounds debut album. And I liked that track. And then now car bike just put out this brand new song called press me with Swami on the production, along with Venus as a boy and gum.mp3. So that's how I found the track. I think it's pretty cool. And let's run it.
Athena. Bruh. That was some amazing production. Bruh. Like, that's a yeah, cool song. Uh, that is a cool song. Bruh. It was like so yeah, really, nice to listen to. Well, the song, the beat even switches like two times or something. Yeah, but I'm, I'm into that. I love beat switches. I love that middle part when it flips into the kind of like little garage beat with the... The yeah. kind of R&B with vocals. The just think it's really cool. Athena, you can't see Rashad's face right now. But... I'm astonished. <laughs> that is not even the word that even explains it. <laughs> now nah, that shit was amazing. Honestly, it was, it was, it made me feel like, like the first time I heard like fucking Toro, how the Ooh. production give you that, it gives you like a world in itself. Like as soon as yeah. Toro production come on, it's like, oh, this is like yeah. fucking Toro, bet. Then you jump into that. Like, you got to kind of lean into that. And I fuck with that. And that's kind of what we've been on tonight. Artists who have built worlds, whether visually, sonically, whatever. But that is definitely, like, you you, you have to be into my shit for this album. Like, there's a whole nother world. And I love it. It's very emotional. Mm-hmm. And the production is, like, really smooth but unique, I think. I would work with that producer. Mm. For sure. Big cosine. Like we were talking about room, that kind of like active listening. Mm-hmm. I think that like song or artist that can like do a switch up like that and all of us can like look up and look at each other and be like, oh shit. Like that's such mm-hmm. a special moment for a song to have. The crazy thing to me, Matt, is the shit really almost didn't even feel like a switch up. It almost just was like happening. If that, yeah. if that makes sense, like it just went, it just kept like, like it was the I almost expected it. You, Athena, you set it up. Yeah, you, you set it up, Athena. You said it was gonna be a. Yeah, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have said said too much. <laughs> yeah, be the Rashad Rashad style intro. <laughs> yeah, you kind of, you kind of. If people know what the garage thing is, then you kind of like you know that there's gonna be a drop at some point. But <laughs> even if there was just a smooth way to do it. It didn't feel like R- a full Rashad, can you say that word again? Garage. Again. I'm from London, man. Garage. 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 I can't say the shit. It's garage in the U.S. And I <laughs> no. don't want to be... I know that's not how you say it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's garage. <laughs> there we go. You said... <laughs> garage. I'm dying. All right. Okay. Um, Amazing. All right, Rashad, if you want to keep us in the UK. Oh, we... Yeah, you know I love to. I would love Rashad to. would keep us in the UK. Sonically, Rashad has been living in the UK for this whole season. Um, I feel like mm-hmm. So, you know, not giving you a background to afterwards. So, here we go. We have Sam Rex. Sam Rex. <laughs> All right, Sam Rex. Backpack. Yeah, for sure. Rex. Sam Rex backpack. <laughs> Sing for me, yeah, a symphony. 
Rex, R-E-K-K-I when you're dressing me. She B-A-D, call me D-A-D. Some of my girls come tip, baby. Sometimes I'm loving them slim, baby. One thing they all got, they a freak for me. I love when they all want to sing for me. Sing for me, yeah, a symphony. No more beanies, though, but eh, throw back, throw back, back. Then it was boot cuts, hood like the Ku Klux Freaky girl tryna do us. Took else had no tutors, you wanted litness, you had to get it right through us. First them tryna move us, stop and search, we saying we just some students. All my exes knew where the food was, rubbing their bellies, touching their foopers. Now my hair grew longer, the cargo's flared. Pushed the start, but wear khaki bare. I rock pieces, making them stare. No, we don't dress like them and there. I just need my cut, my share. I got connects like Bluetooth pair. No boundaries, I'm jumping. Come like I'm bumping the fair. GBAD, call me DAD. Some of my girls come tip, baby. Sometimes I'm loving them slim, baby. One thing they all got, they a freak for me. I love when they all wanna sing for me. Sing for me, yeah, a symphony. <laughs> it's R-E-K-K-I when I'm dressing. She B-A-D, call me D-A-D. Some of my girls come tip, baby. Sometimes I'm loving them slim, baby. One thing they all got, they a freak for me. I love when they all wanna sing for me. Sing for me, yeah, a symphony. I'm thinking about times as penny up pounds from pence. Yeah. 17, I had no sense. I'm young, just trying to jump the fence. Hopping, rolling with friends. Still in the ends. Beanies busting peng. Recording my first ever song with my webcam. Used to play it back, my reaction crazy. Coming like Dan and Renz. Had a sock on the mic, no stand, just hands. Way before I made bands. I knew I had something when I would show people and their heads kept bopping. Feet just tapping. See the words collide, but their bodies don't do tapping. <laughs> That that was fire. I think that was an I'm amazing to, video. Yo, I'm about to give you the drop. Oh, that was the most amazing video. Ever. My man, who did the shot video? and edited the video, himself? color graded it all himself. himself. Bro, so I played it for you. You be on that? No, no, like you that's why that. it's so good. Look at he the got credits. It. Look at the credits. He, and so his credits he, is R E E K. So I'm confused. R K K E R K K I. Did he make the beat too? Okay, he no, did he, everything. Hey, did he make the beat? What did he not make the beat? Because he kept. Oh, no, produced by Tio. No, no, no. He didn't make the beat, but he makes all his videos yeah. now. Yeah, Co-edited, no, no. It's styled, that video. Colored, and styled, all no, that shit. that's why. The editing was crazy. The editing was crazy. He was going, like, like, perfectly to the beat, and he was doing the perfect edit. Like, that would have been, that was yeah. a flawless edit. That's crazy that you say that. Why I was confused. So, you said it's Rex. Reeks. Reeks. Or Rex. Reeks is the director name. No, no, R-E-E-K-S. Sam Rex. Is his artist name, and I think R E X X is his like everything else name. Because look, oh. it says directed by Recky R E K K I. And then yeah. where does it say myself? In and it says yeah. And then he also shouts himself out in the record where he spells it. It's like Madlib. There's like Mark Jacobs aliens. by Mark for Mark by yeah, Mark. Right, Jacobs. exactly. Yeah. exactly. Same. Yeah. I'm on the same wave. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Mark Jacobs by Mark. Mark Jacobs. That's the new term for artists that does multiple things. Yeah, the Mark by Mark Jacobs <laughs> pick of the night. Nah, that's fire. Yeah, no, I loved that. I haven't really heard many people in the UK with the early 2000s vibe how we seen it in New York. We see it a lot in New York or in the US, but haven't quite yet seen it. He the first person I've seen in the UK kind of do that thing, that whole like Tamagotchi and all the 2000 shit. Like he was the first person I've seen do that over there. London, Southeast London, Nigerian born. Yeah, all the all the good shit, you know, checks all the boxes. <laughs> Rashad, at this um, point, like you played so much UK. So much. It's ridiculous. Hip hop. So, I need season. to what is it crazy. about the the artists that are coming out of London right now that 
that has you so like transfixed. They doing that shit better. <laughs> they doing that shit better. And they mean that shit more. And it's not boring. Like at the end of the day, they they just doing it better. Like whether it's conceptually and at least on a rap level, I feel like R and B pound for pound. We 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 there. Or in pop side, pound for pound, we there. But rap side, we we just especially New York, we are not even nearly fucking close at all. Like London is my manager's gonna probably tap in, he'll be like, I found this new artist. Yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> legit. Dog, what you got? At the end of the day, I feel like this shit is not even close. At least right now, the ladies got it for New York. They're going crazy. But there's no underground. Like, underground sucks. Unless it's, like, deep drill. Which is, this is not deep drill. Somebody come show me some fucking New York rappers that's rapping better than the UK dudes. And I, I will... The security guys up. at the orchard got to be ready. People are going to come correct <laughs> Oh, you. my God. Come on, man. I don't want to hear none of this... Fucking Griselda shit respectfully. <laughs> I don't want to hear no more fucking loops, bro. Oh. Keep them loops in your pocket. I'm done. Rashad, you're going to need some security when you leave this building. All right. All right. I'm just saying. <laughs> but it's but they do loops too. I can play fucking UK loop rappers next week if you want me to. But it's just not the same. Where are the other people? Uh. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's all. But that's all. I'm going to leave it there. All right. I'm going to drop the mic. Before Rashad gets jumped. <laughs> by Doug. By the internet. Yeah. Yeah, by Doug. <laughs> by Doug, my manager. Lolo. Yes. Can you tell us about Amelia Moore? Yes. So Amelia Moore is currently opening up for me on the Playgirl tour. Mm. She has a crazy voice. Like she can do the craziest runs and everything. And I think I found I saw her on TikTok because like she's she does numbers on TikTok and she's just yeah, she has orange hair. She's super cute. <laughs> and so I just wanted to shout her out and play one of her newer songs. So what's the song you're going to play? F-U. What is it? How do you spell it? <laughs> F-U-M-D. Yeah, F-U-M-D. This is F-U-M-D by Amelia Moore.
wow. that first drop, like, because that run into the. You're like, oh, this is a sweet song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just love the contrast of that. Yeah. So but that's she, a switch up, Matt. That's a switch. Yeah, up. she has some bops too, like some pop bops. And- that's a real switch up. Hard. I also like. I can only imagine how crazy that goes live. Yeah. I'm always in the bus getting ready. <laughs> like, I'm never able to really watch, but I've seen videos and, like, she just has a lot of unreleased songs she's been playing too. And yeah, really, really amazing singer. Yeah. I love that energy. Yeah. I'll... Real vocals on this tour. Yeah. The mic's yeah. on on this the... tour. <laughs> <laughs> the mic is on. You need to know your lyrics. Come on, stop playing. Yeah. The falsetto is amazing. The rage, obviously. That just... I could not scream that hard. Come on. <laughs> no, I have no, like, screaming capabilities. Yeah. <laughs> Zero. Not in there. Especially, I mean, that's a thing, too. Like, There's two different are, do, do, spectrums. Th- is that energy in other songs of hers as well? No. I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because <laughs> I was going to say, like, if you have multiple songs like that where you're screaming, then, no, no, then no. you got to be, like, no, the other not s- talking all day, just drinking a lot of tea. The other songs are, like, real soft and... Yeah. She had to get that off. Yeah. She had to get that off. Yeah. Get that off That chest. banger one. That's a real headbanger for real. I also, I, I love the energy in the lyrics. How the can you in the sleep? Yeah, and, and of just that, like... Come on, um, Like, because the, like, I think of you when I sleep... And and that's like the contrast of that, like, first part being sweet, where it's like, I think you when I sleep can be, like, a... a nice thing to say yeah like if it, it, that's kind of that is sweet and like almost could also romantic. be traumatized right and then she's like you can't just leave me alone you gotta fuck up my dreams and you're like oh shit like it's getting and, real serious out here yeah no the video shows that too like yeah. the video is really sick where she's angelic and then she's kind of yeah. demonic on the yeah. on the beach and i know that she shot that at night on the beach which i've i've done videos like that it's not easy yeah it's freezing do it for the art. Well, we went around the table, started it off room by yours truly, Lolo Zuai. We had Song About Love by English Teacher, Press Me by Car Bike, Backpack by Sam Rex, and ended it with F-U-M-D by Amelia Moore featuring J-X-D-N. Lolo. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for spending time with us on your busy tour. We appreciate it. Appreciate you. So we can play the episode out with one more song. And I was thinking of different songs from the album that we can play. Mm -hmm. But after Rashad played that track and we were talking about Tamagotchi. (gasps) Yeah, we got to play Tamagotchi. Should we play Tamagotchi? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. All right. Playing it out. Tamagotchi by Lolo Zuai. Thank you. Yeah. Sure.
Thanks for rocking with us. Stick around for a snippet of our conversation with Alex Vaughn and check back next week for the full conversation. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Alex Vaughn. What's up? Welcome to Not 97. Thanks for having me. Welcome to New York. Yes. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. You know, I was uh, at uh, my first Vogue ball last night, and um, it was a lot of fun, but I didn't get home till 5 a.m., so yeah. I'm loving how New York's kind of, like, turning me up little by little and yeah, a lot yeah. by a lot. <laughs> um, fresh off tour, or still on tour. Yes, we have six more shows left. Um, There's a 34-date uh, tour, and we have two shows in New York, and then... Our last four in D.C. Yeah. And um, supporting Ari Lennox. Yes. You're f- safe to say your biggest tour yet? This is my first tour. First tour. Yeah. So first in Vegas. Yeah. How does far. it feel? It's incredible. Like, I have I love performing. I love my job. I love the fact that Ari is just super sweet and just so talented and just makes the space comfortable. And i just been learning and growing. And... Um, and they were both in the same area, so it's just like it's a special synergy on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Do you uh you feel like you like tour life? Oh, I love tour life. Now I will say it's been a bit of an adjustment, you know, like knowing how to keep myself sane when on the road for like, you know, weeks at a time or just how to preserve my energy. But overall I love like touching new cities and performing for new crowds and just learning how to like tweak and freak my set and just make it better. I love it. Yeah. So, originally from PG County. I am. Um, and spent some time, I guess D.C. is basically right there. Yeah, they're like right next door. They're um, I know that coming up, that kind of community was very big for you. Yes. Um, and I even, I read that you had like started a, a live open mic series. Yeah, it's called AV Sessions. Uh, that's still going on. Yes, we started it in 2018 and um, it's been about five years strong. It's the third Wednesday of every month. Um, it takes place in Northeast DC and uh, it's just a safe space for any creatives from the area to come in and just perform and just get their 10,000 hours and just kind of build their tribe. And yeah. uh, we have a live house band there and they just perform and anybody can go up and do their thing. So how important was, like, that community for you coming up? And how important is that community 
for you now? Oh, it's extremely important because I remember being an artist, you know, trying to get performance experience, but it felt like it was clicky. And that's a thing that I always hear in people's areas like, oh, man, like the scene is just clicky. I don't know how to get in. And I didn't want to force myself into a space. So I was like, let me just find a way to create my own. And, you know, just piece by piece and just with little conversations and setbacks, it just kind of... It turned into AV sessions, and I want for everyone to have an opportunity to, to you know, to build their chops. Yeah. Yeah, and and make like I said, make their own tribe. It's I think it's very important. Community is super important. Subscribe to Nine Ninety Seven now on your preferred podcast platform to hear the full interview with Alex Vaughn dropping next week on June eighth.